1: To try to get a harder. I
0: seem to remember this. I seem to remember years ago you telling us that. So anyway, so Greg
1: call. Hey, I love this Beat Peppers record and want to get together and do some stuff. And it uh, used to be that Rich would drive him every day, and then uh, Greg and I would go to work. To this day, Evan, he and I, I, I put the credit back to him. He is the most prolific artist I've ever worked with. We did literally like 125 songs, really, in like a two-year period.
0: And do they all come out? Do they all...
1: Eventually, he would point, Dexter, Stuart, he had different names that he was using for the bands and so forth. Um, But um, he not only could write prolifically just a great vast number of songs, but, you know, you sit here many years, 10,000 hours, as I get used to hearing a lot of bands perform, and after a while, any artist you listen to or read or watch, you start to detect patterns, you know, fallbacks, you know, safety zones. And you go, oh, there's that thing again, right? Yeah. And with songwriters, oh, there's that modulation, you know, I've heard that before. Okay. Not with Greg. Greg's the only artist I've ever worked with. He never once repeated himself. And after about 30 or 40 songs, I was watching him going, hmm, I'm gonna see if he, you know, goes to that little similar chain. No, he never did. And part of it was, I think, the first 30 or 40 songs we did, he actually played on bass first and then he would add the guitars and then we'd bring a drummer and last which is pretty difficult to do and then he would add the vocals so he did...
0: would put the drums after
1: difficult 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 to do very hard because i've
0: always lost. thought of it okay and correct me if i'm wrong like it, well the, the way that I, it, it bass drums guitar right. and vocal like right wow right because people have to lock into
1: the drummer right he you know literally sets the tempo uh so to have a drummer to try to come in at the end and catch a groove to what everybody else was already laid down is really hard. And I've only ever seen a couple of guys, uh, that could do it. This one guy, Jonathan Moffat, uh, was genius at it. Um, cause he would come in and play on the top of these very dense, full productions. Um, and by the way, Jonathan had something in common with, uh, Greg in that they were both very, uh, shy with, uh, uh people, um, you know who would recognize him and oh wow it's Sugarfoot you know and hey uh, Jonathan man I'd love to get some lessons from you oh man because I, I I can't do lessons Jonathan why not well I'm not trained I don't I can't read you know oh fuck that they don't care about reading music they just want to help you know your capture your groove and how you you know lay the beats down and, but he was you know sensitive to that but I mean he was a genius drummer and and Greg uh, had a similar uh, you know he was so deadpan. Uh, in his delivery, uh, he smoked a lot of pot, by the way, ton of pot. Um, uh, the Craig McGehee, his brother, Denny, Denny McGahey. he was in like seven or eight different bands over the years that came in and recorded here. You know, punk, OC style punk stuff, really, really good. Um, and Denny was coming in one day to uh, pick up some gear. He'd left his Marshall or something the night before, and he recognizes Greg. And, you know, he can't resist, hey, Greg, man, pleasure, you know, big fan, blah, blah, blah. He goes, I've meaning to ask you, Greg. He goes, you know, your songs are all like two minutes long, man, like, how come they're so short? And Greg kind of pauses and looks and he goes, well, I guess I just don't have that much to say. That's <laughs> a fucking great answer. <laughs> That's the best answer ever. Because, you know, I sit in here with songs drawing on sometimes and you think you should cut that, cut that, and Greg was like, yeah, just. When you're done,
0: you're done. You've had your say. I have a lot of respect for that also, the artist knowing when to end it, as opposed to relying on you to be like, hey, you know, yeah. we should be Wrap it up. Wrap it up, exactly. exactly. Remember, Da
1: Vinci, of all people, uh, say, stated that uh, art is never finished. It's only abandoned. And so I think more people should take that to heart. Another funny thing I remember about Greg was uh, one day he showed up here without Rich, his his you know right-hand guy. Uh, hey, Greg, where's uh, where's Rich? Oh, he's uh, he's not here. I know, but why? How'd you get here? Because he he Greg never owned a car. He used to run jog from his house to SST Records to go to work every day. Was um,
0: there a reason he just didn't want to?
1: It's sort of ecological, and you know the health aspect of you know walking, running rather than you know relying upon a machine. So sort of philosophical. You could. I guess, point to. But anyways, one day he shows up without Rich and I he said, well, how'd you get here? Oh, he says, I, I bought a car. You, Greg, you bought a car. Why? Why'd you buy a car for? Well, to come here. Oh, oh, cool. And I thought, wow, I've never had a, a musician buy a car just to come record. So that's unique. But um, <laughs> anyways, and he also brought in, you know, lots of, that's how, that's how I met Bill Stevenson and the guys from All and Descendants. And uh, uh, Falling James and um, so many great people. You know, that was a whole other great scene. Oh, yeah.
0: You know, the whole Well, I mean, but without, and without that scene, I would argue you don't get Far Side. You don't get Game Face. Like, like those bands were so... They were
1: influential. Yeah,
0: oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There were yeah. a lot
1: of bands... Uh, just like in, you know, uh, pop culture, people can point to the Minutemen or, you know, Leonard Cohen and great artists who never sold that well, but were hugely influential. The old line about Velvet Underground only selling 10,000 albums, but everybody who did started a band. So in the case of certain bands, again, I would put uh, head first at that uh, head of that class. I think they influenced a lot of bands that came after. Uh, I'm another so band. glad
0: that you said that because I think that that Enemy album mm-hmm. was like, as far as like hardcore, the beginning of... Of a lot of the newer and younger hardcore bands being like, we can be metal. Yes. And that's okay. And it was cool. Yeah. Yeah, they made it cool. So, yeah, I,
1: I put a lot of emphasis on their influence. There was another band called Mind Over 4, mm. which also never got a lot of uh, commercial acclaim, but Kurt Cobain used to open for them and loved him uh, uh, On the cover of the first Pantera record, they were in a Mind Over 4 uh, shirt. Uh, so a lot of bands used to open for them and were influenced by them because they added the extra element of jazz along with the metal and the punk. Uh, and those jazz influences that came from... Uh, uh, I think it was Mike's, was the guitar player's name, uh, influenced a lot of uh, progressive metal bands that came after them. Um, so that's, that's always just, fun that's to an... see the, the nexus of these scenes. Well,
0: that's an interesting through line also to Greg Ginn, because ultimately what did Black Flag become? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and that's so interesting. that yeah, that I, I love that you did that with Mind Over, and, and then you,
1: yeah. Um, By the way, a little quick uh, RIP. It's been maybe less than a year, I think, since Spot passed away.
0: Yeah, oh, it's I been think like, like a few months. Like, yeah. it's been, a, yeah, like, it's not been a while. I mean, it's not been that long.
1: Yeah, he, uh, he and I never met or got to hang out, but his name got mentioned in, you know, back and forth bands that I would work with. Oh, we worked with Spot recently. So uh, I sort of felt like I got to know him a little through just the bands, you know, that I was exposed to.
0: Now, what's it like working with a band like the Bad Brains?
1: Scary. (laughs) Um, Because your expectations are uh, high. And um, I'm trying to recall now if I'm conflating this with a different story or maybe a different person, but I have this vague memory that uh, they rolled up these big bomber spleefs, monsters, monsters and because there was some trepidation about why are we you know there's hardcore band from dc what are we doing in suburban orange county working with this white kid with unfamiliar equipment and uh, you know we don't know the situation the comfort zone maybe wasn't there